Selfish, finding me time when there's no time. Stop the clocks. Making time for self-care. So how do you find time when there's literally no time? Amy and I chat to Mum of Three, Cara Spencer, who knows the importance of self-care and ensures that she makes time for it each week. Welcome back to Selfish, and this week we have got an amazing guest who Amy and I equally love, a good friend of ours, Cara. Can you tell everybody about you? So I am a now 40, mum to three. Um, I have been on social media and blogging for 14 years. Firstly, as a creative blogger, then a parent blogger, and now I'm back to creativity. Um, My Every day is slightly different than most people, I guess, because my eldest son is severely mentally and physically disabled. Um, So he's 12 with a corrected age of 10 months. And then I have two other children and I work a full time job, run a couple of businesses on the side. Basically, superwoman. We were saying the other day, how do we introduce Cara? Superwoman. Yeah. No. I just do what anyone would do in my position. I think you do way more than anyone would in your position. I think you're incredible, honestly. And I don't think you give yourself enough credit for how amazing you are. I find you very inspiring. Um, I look at your feed and often feel very tired. Um, And then you burst up onto a talking to the camera and you're just glowing with beautiful hair and makeup and clothes and this positive energy even when you're discussing um perhaps some problem with your son or your lack of sleep which I want to talk about how you cope with that (laughs) at a later date you always have this additional energy which um is just it's very inspiring but I also find utterly overwhelming because I, I, just, I must admit, I sometimes don't understand how you just keep going. Um, you have to, don't you? I've suffered with mental health issues since my very early teens. Um, I've always been a bit of an insomniac. Fee knows that. So that's, you know, that's, I yeah. think that's probably how I cope with lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know, I just don't think I was given a choice. So... My choices are I crumble and do nothing and we could lose our children and all those things because obviously we have massive social services input because of Grayson's disabilities. Yeah. Or I can say, got to keep going, got to keep smiling, got three little people that are completely dependent on me. I, I am very lucky. Ashley is, who's my husband, massively keeps me going, obviously. And I would say, actually, probably my friends on night. Fee has sat there and spoken to me at, I can't even remember what time of night, one, two o'clock in the morning, when I'm having probably a little bit of a break. And that just keeps me going, I guess. Aww, it's knowing that's a choice, isn't it? Friends is probably the biggest thing. And all my friends are through my phone. I don't have what I would call friends. I don't like to say real life friends because we're all real life. But yeah. You don't have a local support I, network. It's more no, extended. I don't have that. 
Right. Yeah, we don't have that. So, I mean, I'd like to possibly have some local support so that Ashley and I could maybe do a date night when COVID is gone. Um, but that's not there. So I just have to keep swimming. I mean, let's talk about COVID. For most of us, it is shit. And we are really all struggling. There's no kind of, there's no, you know, painting it up nicely, is it? It's a really hard time and it's going on forever. But Cara, for your family, it's a lot worse because you are, you've had to isolate because of Grayson, haven't you? Yeah, so we shielded um, back in March and we were allowed out sort of beginning of September. We literally were allowed out actually two days before the school days return back to school um and this time grace so grayson from september to december because his school is particularly strict because of immune issues like grayson actually only managed 13 days in school and then he was reshielded again from the last week of november it's, it's one of those things me and my me and ashley were saying the other day in some ways it's not really different for us because we spend the majority of our time at home anyway, because the world isn't made for people like Grayson. Um, And especially through the winter months, it's freezing and Grayson can't control his temperature. So in some ways it's not massively different. Like I said, we don't have a huge um, like friend and family support network here. We have a few, but not masses. But I think the hardest thing I particularly how I cope with all the lack of sleep and everything is to have Cara days. So yeah. although I work a 30 hour week, I very much strictly put those mainly in three to four days. So one day a week, I have those five and a half hours, which sounds so much, but it really isn't between school runs, which is for me. So I might go for a coffee. I might have to go food shopping. It still might do have to do, but or I get creative or I blog. And lockdown is really hard for that. More than <laughs> yeah, anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Now that came about, didn't it? Because you really realized you needed to do that. And that's what this podcast yeah. is all about, is talking about finding me time when there is no time. So can you explain to people listening in how you firstly manage that how did you come up with that with your husband and what was it that made you realize oh my god I need to take some time out here because I'm doing too much so three years ago Ashley and I were probably on the brink of divorce um and when we sort of sat down and went why is this happening we both of us were exhausted both of us were bit pissed off at the other one because we felt the other one wasn't helping enough in certain situations and then when we really looked at it we really came down to it we decided in the last four years previous to that there was only three occasions Ashley and I have been on our own and yeah and I was just like that really isn't a marriage is it you know I'd see my friends going out on date nights and doing all these things or having dates and I was just like yeah we're not doing any of that Grayson gets up at four some nights he's back up again in bed at one so Ashley went back to work so financially we were slightly better and we made the decision to take one day off every fortnight to be together 
which we did and it was lovely and it was really working and it, our marriage was brilliant because of it and then my health deteriorated massively um about two years ago and I said I can't cope anymore I'm tired I'm not coping and anyway technically I was contracted to only do a three-day week so I just said right that's it I'm not doing it anymore we, you know I don't earn ex any extra because I work extra hours so we just came to the conclusion that I needed one day a week where it was Cara's day it doesn't always work like that because Grayson has hospital appointments or Grayson has to have a day off school or you know the kids get poorly but you know self-care in terms of I don't mean face masks and hair dye became yeah. massively important to me about mm -hmm. a year and a half ago and I think I saw the change in you when yeah. you started doing that so how Amy was describing you and has how we always describe you as this kind of you're always bright you all your hair looks great you wear nice clothes your you know the things that you share with your creative side has come out even more so and you you know I think that's because of self-care would you agree that's just having that time to be Cara rather than just being mum or wife oh, 100%, yeah I, I, I really don't know how anyone copes without not being somebody's mum or somebody's wife. Mm -hmm. I said that about, it must have been about 18 months ago. And I remember saying it to you, Fee, I said, I really am sick and tired of everyone calling me Grayson's mum. I mean, I get called it yeah. every day of the week, which I am. And it's not that I don't want to be his mum, but that label is probably my biggest label because if the hospital ring, oh, Grayson's mum when you're in an appointment with all your therapists that you see five times a week oh Grayson's mum because they never remember everybody's name and that's fine but I was just a bit I'm more than just Grayson's mum like once upon yeah. a time I wasn't going to have children I couldn't have children and I planned all this life that I was going to do and I was going to have a really good job and do all these things I was going to travel the world and and then I got pregnant had Grayson and my world flipped upside down but I'm not like I would never not want him, but I also just don't want to be just that label. Yeah, and too so, true. And I, I think that's so important. I think a, a lot of parents do fall into that, don't they? Yeah, How, what do you think, Amy? Do you sometimes feel it's quite hard to shake that? Hey, I'm Amy. Yeah. I'm Amy. I'm not mum. I'm wife. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm also I'm, Amy. I think having an identity has always been really important to me. Um, I never, I've always wanted to be a mum and a wife. I, I'm very, probably considered very old fashioned. And I got married when I was 21 and I had um, my first son when I was 25, 26. And I never not wanted that. That was, that was luckily, I was very privileged that it was part of my plan. But I also never wanted to just be Mrs. Horton and, um, the boy's mum I wanted to be who I was and be my person in my own right and so when I have felt my identity slip away um, and you can see it I, 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 can, I can completely empathize with what you say Fee about and um, you could see it on Cara and I can see it on myself my identity when I'm feeling low or when my um, motherhood is being so you know consuming me because sometimes it does consume you um, even you know just being the person who chases about five days a week and checks the homework I find having an identity really 
important, but I also felt incredibly guilty for not wanting to be, to, for not being, a, for being a parent is not enough, if that makes sense. It's a very yeah. garbled way of saying, I felt guilty that I didn't just want to be a parent. And so I found the transition of self-care, you know, I find the transition of, of letting go. We talked about this briefly in the first episode of them um, letting go and the control to other people. When you decided you needed your day and you decided that you were going to actually stick to your working contracted hours instead of going above and beyond, was it hard or were you at the stage where you just thought, if I don't do this, I'm going to break? It both so at the time when I first started it, I thought I was going to break. Yeah. Um, and then I go through lulls. So there's times like just before this sec, this third lockdown or whatever lockdown we're in, I was back up to five days a week at work because I was like, oh, but I was working from home for all those months. And actually, when I looked at it, I did more hours at home than I've ever done. So I felt guilt then. And then I felt I constantly parent guilt is phenomenal. Mm. So I like even now my kids are outside now in the snow in the garden and they're like can we go outside with you and I'm like well I'm just going to do something for mummy and then we'll do you know we'll go out bear in mind I've been homeschooling all morning I was like we'll just go and do that and then we'll go out after oh yeah you know and it's always the wind isn't it and I just look at them and I think and then I sort of go do I don't and Ash looks at me Ash is probably what keeps me going Ashley's really good at going no you know this is Cara's time like he does it to me on a Saturday or Sunday and I'll go, oh, there's so much housework to do, right? I'm going to do this. And I make these lists. I'm terrible for making lists, which are not the best idea, to be fair, because if you don't pick them off, you get a bit pissed off, don't you? Yeah. But I make lists and then I go, I like put stuff on it and it'll be like, you know, do the bathroom, da, 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 da. And then it'll be like half hour car time at the bottom. And he goes, no, nope, that's going to the top. Oh, and so he's, he's lovely. Oh, he, he is amazing, isn't he? Yeah, he's very good. Ashley doesn't need his own time as much as I do. And we sort of came to that conclusion a long time ago. And like Ashley says, if I'm happy, then the whole house is happy. So that's probably the most important thing. But But it's true, isn't it? We often talk about um, this, that to be, we, we forget that sometimes we need to recharge ourselves. We work so hard on recharging our family that we put ourselves last when really the person who's spending all the time doing the charging up can't charge everyone else up if they're completely drained. Yeah, and I think it's because we're told, aren't we, from day one, that that's mum's work. I like I started reading this book about it the other day, The Hidden, I think it's called something like The Hidden Work, and it's like talks about writing a list of everything you do for your household, your family, your husband, and then get your husband to write one. And it's little things like buy a birthday card, send the birthday card, remember yeah. to text one of the best. You know, all these things that yeah not like put the washing away and stuff and I was just like I do everything I was like this and you start getting a bit like I do everything (laughs) and then do you think that happens though do you think a lot of that happens because a lot of people don't like to let go of the control because I'm a I'm a sucker for that I will moan about things not being done but when they're but done, you. they're not done in the way that I want them doing. So I do yeah, them never myself. never as good as when I do it. <laughs> oh, exactly. And I think even as a parent, we all have that, don't we? Like, yeah. how many people really babysit your children when you go out? You, we all have a very select few, don't we? Yeah. And mm-hmm. me personally, I have literally one person that allowed to babysit my child or children. And I just think, 
oh, we have serious control issues as women. But I think a lot of that as well was you sit on social media and you're like, oh, I'm a crap parent because look, so-and-so is playing board games every night with their kids. I feel a confession coming on. Here we go. I bloody hate board games. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the park. I, oh, you hate, I, hate, <laughs> I hate the park. I, there's so many things I hate. Board games, I'm okay. Um, movie nights, I'm okay. They're quite easy, aren't they? Yeah. I'm yeah, not a great fan of the park. I'm not. I got Deacon the other day. I was like, can we play dinosaurs together? I was like, I'm 40. <laughs> I don't know how to play dinosaurs anymore. Rah, rah. You know, I'm not one of those mums. It's because it always ends in arguments. It's like, this is yeah. not quality family time because we're arguing, apart from Twister. I love Twister because I'm competitive. I like Twister. And I do like to barge into them a little bit so they fall. And I'm like, yes, I won again. That sounds great. I'm a great parent. You are. They're teaching them they can't always win. Exactly. No, and I'm a strong believer in that, actually. Yes. I, yeah. I, we, we were taught that. My auntie used to bring me up for a small period when I was a child. And she was a she's a very strict believer in children need to learn that they will lose. Totally. From day one. Yeah. Well, Oscar's so been playing been um Ozzy, my son has been playing uh chess online with his pop-ups because obviously yeah. they're in isolation, and so it's all via uh a video call. And the first game, like my mum said, like, should we let him win? I said, Don't you dare let him win. He's really good at playing chess, but he's only 10. But I want him, when he beats his pop-ups, I want him to properly beat his pop-ups because the feeling will be so much nicer than, you know, one game they play, he wins, the next game pop-ups wins. And so they've played four matches. So it's once a week, so it's four matches. He's not won yet, but he nearly won the other night. And you can see the determination every game. And I'm so glad we we are like that, that you, when you win, it's because you win. Doesn't it? It does. You know, it makes them learn in a different way. You're not, we were saying that with homeschooling this week. I was trying to make Addison understand that you're not always going to get every question right. It's not about getting every question right. It's about you learning the process. Yeah. But it's really hard to understand that when you're nearly 10 and your hormones are all over the place. Yeah. Larry, who's 10, he is the sorest loser in the world. Addison. But I am the most competitive person in the world. So <laughs> great combination. You know, you know that episode in Friends where Monica plays Pictionary? <laughs> I know exactly they, they, what you mean. They um, relate me to that. And they know that. They know that I'll never let them win. So when they when they win, they know it's true. Um, yeah. Which is a much greater feeling, isn't it? <laughs> Well, if you, the thing is also, you don't always win. And no. I don't want my kids thinking that having a strop and storming out of the room when you lose is going to get you where you want to be. You've just got to pick yourself up and try again. Because frankly, that's life, life as a whole. Yeah, yeah. life skill, isn't exactly. it? Like yeah. job interviews, all kinds of things, isn't it? You're not yeah. going to get the first job you go for. You might do. Very lucky. That's great. But you've got, I think you've got to teach them about the knockbacks and that it's okay. You know, even when you're grown up, there's knockbacks and you have to get on with it and accept it and not try and blame other people or other things. Just accept. Well, life is quite wicked, isn't it? Life can be wicked. And I think Cara, um, what you said earlier, really, um, it's stuck. I mean, I've, I've always thought, oh, my God, I don't know how she does it. But the bit where you said, I had all these plans 
and then my life got turned upside down that that's mm-hmm. what happens and yeah. I suppose the resilience that you were given as a child has possibly contributed to your ability to not just stomp your feet because I have to say at times I, I listen to what you say like oh Grayson Grayson you know he was up between one and two and then he was up for the day at four I think I'd have just stormed off <laughs> I think I didn't like I hate you all leave me alone um but you say it with quite good humor but I suppose it's because you've sort of learned this you've built up this resilience really yeah you do and you just have to you know I get a lot of people say to me oh I can't really moan about my lack of sleep I've said this to you Fee before haven't I yeah and I lost a lot of friends around it back in the years ago because you know our life's so much easier than yours I said that's not necessarily true everybody's life is so individual you really don't understand what is happening in everybody's life like I've got a friend whose husband has a brain tumor and you know, I, I sat there and she, I was telling, we were talking about something and she was talking about her husband having this um, surgery and it was around the same time Grayson had a massive cranial bleed and had brain surgery. And I'm very matter of fact when I tell that story because it's done, it's in the past, he survived, it's done. But I think I'm just quite matter of fact anyway. And she just started crying and I was like, what's wrong? And she went, I just can't believe you've had to deal with a child that nearly died. And I was like, well, he's nearly died a few times, but yeah, I suppose that one's worse. And she was, I was like, but you're dealing with a husband who's dying. And she went, yeah, but that's different. He's an adult. And I'm like, no, everybody's life is pretty shit at points. If we really think about it, Yeah. you know, Fee's had a terrible point where her dad has been really, really poorly. And Fee was in the fire, wanted to be in the fire, was in the fire service, no longer can do that. Guess what? Fee got over it and she's dealt with it and she's living as a recurrence of that a new life it's a bit like the sliding doors film isn't it I always yeah. look at it yeah you know there's another Cara living that life with Ashley somebody else but then there could be another Cara that I had a very abusive partner before Ashley who tried to kill me that Cara might not have oh, survived God. now this Cara did survive and she's kicking off with what she's doing now and I just look at it that there's always bad days but as long as you keep going you'll get there does that make I don't know you're making yeah, it no, really it does. emotional and, this is really and I think emotional. it's really important what Such you um, you say we talk about this quite a lot about um being able to validate your own feelings because I am a bugger for well she's worse off than me so I can't feel like that or she's worse off than me um or well, who am I to feel bad when actually I've had this this and this and yeah I would never say that to a friend um, I would never say, or oh, to my children, you know, when, when my mum died, that I, I wanted my children to grieve. And I never once thought to say, well, it was my mum who's died, so I'm more upset than you. So why would I say that, yeah. you know, to myself? Um, but I think you're right. I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. And I think that's quite um, mentally, and I, it seems like a bit of a roundabout way of saying about the self-care thing, but I think that's actually a really good way of looking at it because... It is that self-care isn't just a form of, like you said earlier, face masks and hair dye. It's about mental um, kindness to yourself as well. And I think that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, validating and I think that's where emotions. a lot of people don't, do they? They, they look at it, self-care is, you know, yeah, self-care is me having that one day a week where I do what I want to do. But the reason I have that one day a week to do what I want to do is for a mental reason, not a... I'm going to get to craft something yeah. and 
I went to um, oh, CBT. I told Amy this before a couple of years ago because yeah. of my health problems. And she, I went through like three sessions. And then the, the therapist just turned around to me and went, this is a complete waste of your time. And I sat there really a bit upset when she said it. And then she said, no, no, it's not a bad thing. She said, your mental well-being of how you deal with everything in life already, you're already doing CBT without being taught it. Yeah. She said, basically, CBT is about learning to control mentally ways to deal with your pain, whether it's physical pain or mental pain. And she said, Cara, you're already doing everything I could teach you. She said, your resilience for your pain levels and the life you've been given, you are already aware there are things you cannot change in life, even though if you change them, that would make your life so much better. Mm -hmm. And she said, so I can't help you because we can't change those things. And she says, so all you've got to focus on is the everyday things, which you're already changing as much as possible. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. And I suppose if I look at it now, yeah, I suppose I've always, an aspect of self-care I've always done since I was a little girl. So I've always, when I felt scared or upset about my situation and my upbringing, I removed myself to a situation that was better. So if I couldn't leave my home at the point, then I would lock myself in my bedroom and read. And I'd immerse myself in this world that didn't exist. You know, I'd pick Charlie in a chocolate factory or something that was completely far-fetched. But then that was Cara. I was actually in that book. And that's, I think, another form of self-care. It's taking yourself from a situation and doing what you need at that point. So some days it's removing myself from a situation and immersing myself in a film or a TV program or a book that makes me think, oh, I'm this princess that lives in this magical world. Or some days it's creating stuff or some days it's going to the beach and having 10 minutes when nobody is in my face or talking to me. And I think it's just accepting that self-care is about a mental thing, not a, not a physical thing. Oh, don't get me wrong. I still have a face mask and I still, as you said, put makeup on and do my hair and all those things because that's hugely important but it's more about a mental thing and it's about putting yourself in the right situation for your mood at that time, if that makes sense. That makes <laughs> I went on a little sense. bit long there, sorry. That was amazing. <laughs> I think that, it's brilliant. I think that is a brilliant way of describing it, actually. Um, have you been able to do any of that over the last few weeks? Not massively, no. And I, and I can honestly say it's you massively, and I'm sure a lot of people are noticing it, I remember the first lockdown, everyone going, there'll either be a lot of babies in nine months or a lot of divorces. And no babies I, here. I've got no lady bits anymore. Not a <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I want is more babies. Um, and I think there is. I've got friends that have had babies in the last couple of weeks. And I've got friends, and we, some of us have got combined friends, who have unfortunately realised that actually living with that person wasn't a good idea. The first lockdown was absolutely fine because I think the weather was lovely yes. and Weather's a the, massive we actually difference. didn't have half as much homeschool work as we've got now. I don't know if everyone else is, but our school's gone through the roof with the level of work. Yeah. And so we would, um, I would take time out. So I would go out for an afternoon and just sit in the beach and things like that because obviously I live by the coast. This lockdown has been incredibly difficult um, to the point that Ashley and I, just blew up at one another a couple of days ago which Ashley and I are very volatile people 
I talk about the amount of time I want to throw him off a cliff, but make sure I run down to catch him before he falls. <laughs> I love that. And it, and it's very true of Ashley's a nice relationship. We're very volatile people. And with a lack of sleep, I think it always gets worse. But this time has been incredibly difficult. Um, the weather's crap, which doesn't help. We can't get out. It's the light as well, isn't it? So it's dark in the morning. Yeah, I suffer with sad the, anyway. Yeah. I think everyone does nowadays, don't they? And I just yeah. think the level of schoolwork is so much more. My my actual job, I've just got a lot going on. Um, I joined a couple of like what was supposed to be for me self help in terms of like creativity and promoting my own business and everything well that's just brought a load of extra work onto my brain so yeah no self-care this this lockdown has been incredibly difficult so do you think after this discussion and realizing how important self-care is for you that you will take something from this episode yourself and think hold on a minute I need to get back to doing what is important do you think you will set yourself time to do it more like you were before yeah if you can I think because um the last couple of weeks have been incredibly difficult I think with so half term is due for us soon but yeah I said to Ashley during the half term I must have some time to breathe and he must as well I I mean I think I'm saying about me but I'm very conscious that Ashley's not had time to breathe this time because of things like live lessons and stuff we can't have Grayson in the house the same time the other children are because he's incredibly noisy so it means poor Ashley literally just has to put him in the car and drive oh my gosh because we've got nowhere else to take him we can't take him yes we have technically we have a support bubble with my parents but because my dad's working full-time we can't use that support bubble because then he's high risk to pass it on to Grayson. Um, and until we get jabs in Kent, we won't be seeing anybody. But yeah, no, it's definitely on my plan to do more self-care. Sure. What would you say as like, a, you know, a working mom, three kids, um, to anyone who's listening saying, well, do you know, this sounds great and I really want to, but I can't, I just can't take the time. I mean, we all make these excuses, don't we? We're all too busy. And and I think, Amy, you were talking about this in a previous episode, or maybe it wasn't a previous episode, maybe it was to, to each other, about how it's, we all feel we need to be busy all the time. It's like this trend, isn't it? I'm too busy. Yeah. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I feel like it's starting to take a turn for the better, but I do feel at one point you weren't worthwhile unless you were busy. Um, I think it was a perception that to be important, you had to be working 24 seven. And if you had the time to sit and read a book or just sit and have a cup of tea in the garden, it, um, it was a negative thing, which I find really sad because I used to think it was a negative thing. I'd hide it, you know, or someone would say, oh, it's all right for you. You didn't have to do this, this and this. And I'd hide it. I'd hide that I sat in the garden, had a cup of tea, or I'd hide that I sat and read a book or had a bath or something because I decided I wanted that half an hour because I was ashamed. Um, and really, we shouldn't be. But um, I feel like it's, I think people are starting to realise, I think, if we can delve deep inside ourselves to find anything positive about lockdown, I do think people are beginning to empathise that it's not cool to be burning out. Yeah. What would you say, Cara, to make people listen up? I would say 
I think you made a really good point actually for you on Instagram where you said make just 10 minutes allot yourself 10 minutes every day mm-hmm. and I think that's really true if you can't say right I'm going to have a whole afternoon I'm going people think it's unobtainable but yeah. actually if you think there is probably at yeah. least twice a day where you spend 10 minutes scrolling or you send, spend 10 minutes just sitting there doing something completely impractical you could spend that 10 minutes doing something that works for your mental health wise. It may be scrolling. Some people scrolling on Instagram is their self-care. Yeah. Some people it's, you know, go and sit in a, me personally at the moment, especially through lockdown, I love to just go and sit in a room where there's no noise. Um, yeah. <laughs> my kids are incredibly so noisy. quiet. Yeah. You know, that they are. And I just go in a room and I'm like, Oh, this is heavy. It's like my whole body. <laughs> Cause I think actually what I did say about lockdown and having a child that's got sensory processing disorder so it means you found the world overwhelming. I think lockdown has made people all see that. And that sort of probably comes in with what Amy was saying about not being so busy. I actually think a lot of people, if you think about when you come in from a night out, you sort of go, oh, and your whole shoulders relax and everything. And that's because you've been so oversensitized by the world that you're just like, oh. and I think that's what lockdown's doing, which I do think is a benefit. And that's why people are saying self-care. And it's actually because it's a way of desensitizing yourself from very busy everyday lives. Yeah. I think the hardest bit will come when people come out of lockdown to continue self-care. Because everybody will very quickly slip back into the school run life, the school Mm. mum life. 100 miles an hour, football club. Yeah. You know, it's like we've got football club, we've got this club, we've got horse riding, we've got this. And actually, do we really need them to be in all of those clubs? Because during lockdown, you coped without all of them. Yeah. Um, Slow down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I was really disappointed in myself. In September, I went straight back into school run, desk, school run, football go 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 every day and I promised myself I wouldn't so I think it's quite interesting you've said that and perhaps again maybe if we're looking for some weak little positive in all this give ourselves a second chance to try and rein it back again yeah no I definitely think make plans to do more self-care which sounds ridiculous you shouldn't plan to have self-care but like I said to my friend, the amount of times I have one friend locally who's also a special needs mum. And I said, we're going to see each other as soon as lockdown finishes. This was last lockdown. We didn't ever get to see each other. And I said, we, life is far too short to go. We're going to make an appointment to do this. And then you don't do it. Kari, I'm you a, are I'm so a, wise. She's well, very wise. No. I think, I think the things you said today are going to help. Well, they're going to resonate with so many, but really help people because if, you know, if you've learned anything from this episode is that without self-care and taking that time, you know, self-care isn't this big hippie marketing no. thing that's marketed out to be. It's not like Cara says, face masks and bath time, although that is nice as well. It is about taking care of your mental health, which is so important. And I think if anyone can learn anything. Yeah, yeah. So got to remember there's always people that can help you I like I do very much I hope I do anyway shout out quite a lot on social media that I really would help anyone like if you come to me and you say I've got and I will try and help them work a way through it and I've done that a lot in the last sort of six to eight months when people were in lockdown I had a lot of people confide in me and I don't mind doing that you know people go oh we don't want to tell your problems because you've got so many no I disagree I think helping someone else when you've already had insight into problems is easy 
you know we're we're all living bits of our life which are difficult and I think when we sometimes forget that other people are living difficult lives and you should help each other with that that is just lovely of you Cara and I think I want I think we should end on this note that it's okay to not be okay as that is the worst cliche out there at the minute but it's true and that to just talk to your mates talk to your family and if you can't talk to your mates or your family we'll listen we'll all listen Cara where can people find you if they want to know more about Cara and especially your amazing creative businesses there's quite a few of them but if you just search Cara Janelle so I come up I think under all of those but I have about five accounts on Instagram so I have something for everybody's taste you do (laughs) I'll try and share them in the um, notes on the podcast as well Cara it's been an absolute delight thank you so much for joining us on the Selfish podcast it's awesome I'm so pleased you two are doing this I think it's really important I need a little time for me to just be free of the day I need a little